on today's episode of the Wave Podcast. We kick off, pun intended, but talking about the World Cup. World Cup has unfortunately come to an end, but it was a great tournament. Argentina leaves with the trophy. Messi gets his World Cup finally. And we just talk about how much we enjoyed the tournament as a whole, how much we loved the World Cup final game. It was awesome. Maybe the best sporting event we've ever seen. And really just how much we enjoyed the tournament. We unfortunately have to move on and talk about the Ravens. They drop another game in Cleveland, 13-3. to And both Scott and myself kind of go off on this team, where we are, where we stand, how we feel. And uh, in case you've been following along the past couple of days, it's not great. We also talk about this upcoming week's matchup, of course. We have the Atlanta Falcons coming to town. I give my keys to victory. I compare the matchups. Scoot gives what he thinks about going into this game and how he feels that the Ravens match up and really just how confident or not confident we are in this game. Finally, as always, we wrap up by giving out some picks for you guys, and we send you into what will undoubtedly be a wonderful Christmas weekend. Thank you all for tuning in. If you're traveling, please be safe, and we hope you enjoy episode 33. Let's go. Welcome back to the Wave Podcast. Today is Friday, December 23rd, 2022. Christ! Dude, it's Christmas Eve Eve. This week has gone by way too damn fast. I hate it. Yeah. I'm off this whole week, and I hate it. This happens every year, though. Like, the lead up to Christmas, like, you don't actually have enough time to, like, actually sit and enjoy the fact that it's Christmas. Mm -mm. Just not. It's over before you know it, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. said this, I actually said this to Kristen the other day because we were talking about just the irrelevance of time and how it's just all a flat circle anyways. Oh, Jesus. Um, I said to her, I said, I think this is why I would never want to go on a month-long vacation is because when you get out there for a month, the first two weeks, you're probably just like, oh, we got a month. Oh, I got two more weeks. And then the, the time where it hits, you got a month left, or I'm sorry, a week left, then it's that whole week scary hours. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting there like, Holy hell, how did the three weeks already gone by before you, you know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah, like you would yeah, take I guess. time for granted and you would just be like, oh, I got three more weeks ahead of me. Oh, I got two more weeks. And then it's a week and then you got two days and then you're back home. And before you know it, the vacation's over. I can legitimately like see your brain working as you were like thinking that thought. Yeah. Your your brain is a, a mystery that we will never understand. I, I'll never understand. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, outside of the week passing you by how you been since our last check-in um we're we're, we're in there man we're we're taking the punches of life you know um it's just a lot of big decisions happening here and all like we just said in my brain and it's not a place where i probably should be making decisions with with like life-changing decisions but we're we're in it making decisions got a good group of people around me and i got a good wife and i got a good pup so 
it's hard to complain when you got that stuff, you know? Good. I like to hear that. Yeah. How about you? Good, man. Good work has been uh, fine this week. Not really too crazy. Um, other than that, man, my brothers are all home. It's been nice having everybody, you know, under the same roof for a little bit, which just so doesn't really is, happen all, in, all that often. Since you left for school, by the time you got back, your other brothers were going, right? Yeah. And then now Lukey's going to school. So really, Correct. since you've been yeah. like all of you been in the same house, doesn't happen all that often. Yeah, dude, it's it, honestly like I've especially now, like with uh, my one brother starting dental school a couple months ago, like he's gone and he's basically gone full time. Right. And uh, like, yeah, Lucas is is doing his baseball and school and stuff. So, like, I mean, he doesn't really have a ton of like free time to be able to come back and shit. So, like, yeah, it's it's been kind of crazy. Like, we haven't all been under the same roof really s- outside of like holidays and like even like birthdays. Like, we're not really all together anymore, yeah. which is is nuts. But yeah, it's cool, man. Been ha- been able to have everybody back. We did a little uh, like family dinner or Christmas movie last night, which was cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, man. Other than that, not not too much else going on. Um, nice. First thing I wanted to talk about with you this week is uh, you know not necessarily something that you or I are super well versed in, but we had maybe the greatest sporting event of all time Sunday morning in the world cup final. Oh my God, dude. So I was so upset because like I was watching it. And so, you know, like with, with soccer time, you, you, the games are, you, you kind of know when the game is going to end. If it ends in regular time, then you add on the extra time. You're like, okay, it's going to mm-hmm. end all this time, but I needed to get to my mom and dad's at a certain point. So I hung on until the, as late as I could. I was like, I, like, I gotta get, I gotta go. So what I did is I kind of like threw it on my phone, but I was just mm-hmm. listening, like listening sure. to it with the TV feed while not watching was kind of awful. Not so yeah, I, not great. Turned it off, and so by the time I got home, the match was literally ending. Oh, and it was like I was like oh, but I like was keeping tabs on like at stoplights on Twitter, just kind of like re- like refreshing it. What a bananas of a game! I went upstairs, brushed my teeth. It was two nothing. I came back down. It was two two. <laughs> Bananas. Dude, I, I, I've watched so many sports in my life, all kinds yeah. of sports. And I, I like that's it's not an exaggeration to say that that might have been the best professional sports game I have ever seen in my life. Am I the correct me or call me crazy when there's okay. a big moment like that happening in sports, like like the Super Bowl or mm-hmm. March Madness, Final Four, like those big scale moments, like big swim matches in the Olympics or like those big the- moments. The events, the the sporting games or whatever that take higher altitude because of the event. Yeah. You can feel the energy through the television and you can like, it looks different. It just looks, it can be played at the same field that was played at the same spot last week, but this game, it looks different. It sounds different. It's played, it just, it's just brilliant. I love it. Bro, without question. And like what I love about the World Cup outside of obvious reasons that trend on twitter every now and then the the cameramen at the world cup are incredible at their jobs because they are so good at finding people that just are displaying the emotions that everybody is feeling like die by it dude well bro especially in some of these countries like argentina and france and brazil Mm -hmm. and shit that like soccer is danny rojas football is life football is life yeah i mean like with or without this world cup championship messi is like revered as a god in the country of argentina like i don't know if you saw it there was a video yes right. there was a video that i saw on twitter um i guess 
like a couple of days after the World Cup ended, he was uh, back home in Argentina and he was like trying to pull into his driveway at his house. And he legit couldn't get into his driveway yeah. because there were fans like mobbing him and just like literally praising him. Crazy. But no, like there were there were so many fans that like the cameramen at the World Cup would like zoom in on and they were like hanging every breath on what was about to happen. You're absolutely right. Like you could cut the tension with a with a spoon. Like yeah. it was so palpable and it just elevated the watching experience. Yeah. And it was awesome. Like yeah. a lot of people don't like how, that penalty kicks or something that decide a game, which I guess I understand the argument. I love it. I think it's very similar to like if you have a massive golf tournament and you have to like you have a playoff. Like exactly. You have to, like you have to find a winner somehow. And especially with soccer and the way the game of soccer is played, like you got to get goals and like mm -hmm. goals aren't just coming at like they don't just happen like they're, it's a long process. So like with that, like I'm not a I, I do not know anything about soccer, <laughs> but what I do know is and from watching the World Cup, soccer like goals don't just happen like they did at the end of that game. Hard. So, it's, so it's like you have to find a winner somehow. Have to. Absolutely. And like, I think the thing that I like about it most outside of like the instant sort of excitement that you get. And like you said, like goals are hard to come by in soccer. And I think that's why Americans just don't really gravitate to it is it's, you know, low scoring, low intensity as compared to like basketball or hockey or even football. Yeah. Um, but like everything is so magnified and especially on a stage like the world cup, you have to be on it. Like you can't even there. The margin of error is so, so slim. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I feel like with, with with watching the World Cup, like, yeah, like, goals didn't come, you know, at bunches. But I felt like when I was watching it that if one dude made one minor mistake, like, you saw those times a lot. Like, you would even hear it in the announcers. It's funny when you watch a sport you don't know anything about. When you don't watch when, – when you don't watch a sport as consistently as, like, the experts do – when you watch a sport, you really do rely on the announcers. And so like when a play breaks down and like someone gets into, the, I don't know if it's technically called the, the box. I don't know, but it, you can tell like I was like, Oh, I, I wouldn't see it as a potential goal, like scoring opportunity, but the announcers are going to lose his shit. And then the crowd starts going crazy and they're still like 40 feet out, but it was just from like one little move that you're just like, Oh my God, at any moment, one play could change the whole outcome of this game. It was just so crazy to watch. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like the, the announcers did a great job. And honestly, like on top of everything else, like the fact that it was the World Cup and obviously this event only happens once every four years and, you know, just the magnitude of the actual event in and of itself, the fact that Messi was playing in it and it's probably going to be his last World Cup. And, you know, for him to go out the way that he did and basically solidify his legacy that he didn't even really have to do. Yeah. It was just it was chef's kiss. It was so perfect. It was such a fun event. And honestly, like I'm, I'm looking forward to like actually paying attention to more soccer over the next four years. So that way I can kind of like understand a little bit more um, the the storylines and, and you know, who's playing where and, and what for for the next World Cup. But. Yeah, I just I wanted to bring that up just because I know we were both paying attention and it was just, you know, the the, the magnitude of the event. Bro, it but was, it great, was great. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a fantastic tournament. tournament. No great doubt. Tournament. No doubt. Um, all right. So moving on to worlds that we're a little bit more familiar with. And unfortunately, you know, we have to talk about it this week. Uh, the Ravens lose again. The Ravens lose in Cleveland. Uh, what was the final? Thirteen to three, right? That was the final score. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm done with this team. I want yeah. the season to be over. Yeah. And I don't think this is uh, like reactionary Dante or knee jerk Dante. I like, I've, I've been sitting on this for the last couple of days. And obviously now we are in a Sammy Watkins on the Ravens again world. Um, because that's our, that's our answer to everything. It's just signing receivers that nobody wants. Um, I'm done with this team. We're not going anywhere. We're not going to win the, uh, the Super Bowl. We're not, we're not going to play competitive football in late January. Um, even if we wanted to, like, I think our, for example, I think our defense is capable of playing good football in late January and competitive football. Uh, our offense is not with or without Lamar Jackson at yeah. the helm. Yeah. Just because of mainly because of the fucking fat idiot who's calling plays. And frankly, like, I just, I want the bandaid to be ripped off. I don't want to have hope. I don't want to be led astray by, you know, promising football over the next couple of weeks. I just want the season to be over. Well, here's the thing, and, bro. And with that, I'll turn it over to you, Scott. I, I think you said it perfectly. I think I was going to say, like, I kind of am over this season, like, completely. Because, like, if we make it, we know – if we make it into the playoffs, we know we're not doing anything. Like, it's mm-hmm. one of those rare instances. I'm a big believer. You get into the dance, you never know what happens. Yeah, but sure. to get into the dance, you got to be, like, playing. You can't you can't back in, right? Like, you can't back <laughs> right. into the playoffs, which is what they are going to do. And even if they win these next two games, right, it's just there's nothing on this squad on the offensive side of the ball that makes me even want this team to be successful now. Like, it's at this point where it's like, okay, because God forbid, Dante, we go on a Super Bowl run and Greg Roman stays. Like, but but it sucks because like that's not going to happen so like hypothetically then you're like then yeah like i guess he can win you a super bowl and you hang on to him but like that's not going to happen and what's annoying is that all summer all fall and now leading into the winter we have it was so crystal clear what this team's fallback was going to be and what what held them back and it was two things. It was our offensive coordinator, and we didn't have a wide receiver in the wide receiver room. And it was so, like, like you don't have to be an expert to see those things. I am by no means a freaking expert. And, like, I don't know the X's and O's of football, but I, I can observe how the, the game's been played the last five, eight years. Since really, I feel like Mahomes kind of, like, sparked this, like, new era of, of of offense of schemes in the nfl it definitely happened around the time that he came into right. the league for sure and so what my dad said made a great point he's like you know you kind of look at what the ravens did in 2019 right you now you have justin fields now you have jalen hurts now you have these he's like we kind of like lamar kind of started that he's like and we were the we were the first team and we are now the team furthest back from evolution of it. He's like, mm-hmm. it makes no sense. Well, no, it makes perfect sense because it's it's one outlier. There's two. It's John Harbaugh and and fat just for men, Greg Roman. Like this dude. Well, is- well, if, if if we're if we're lumping the entire you know bulk of it, you could throw EDC in there too because he certainly yes. hasn't done much to help it's, the cause it's either. Everything, dude. Like, and it was so clear what was going to have this team not be successful. And that's why it's so annoying is that like this off season, when you said, yo, like, why don't we have a wide receiver? Oh, well, bait, you know, we're going to trust bait. And we like Duve and we like Prochet. It's like, but what, what do you have to believe that? Because there's nothing that shows you that those guys are good enough. And it's just, 
it is the worst feeling to sit here as a fan and be like, damn, these were all things that everyone knew were going to be issues. And our, our front office, our coaches weren't able to get it done to fix these set issues. And we're like, well, let's just waste another year of this generational quarterback that we have, which by the way, I'm going to go on record and say this. I think we've watched the last game as Lamar Jackson as a Baltimore Raven quarterback. I don't think he plays the rest of the season. And then a I lot of people are saying that. Why would you, if you're him, why yeah. would I play? Like, yeah. Oh, no, I, I agree, man. And when it comes down to it, I don't think his season's done just because I, I think the reason he hasn't been practicing this week and, you know, he's not going to play, obviously they ruled him out against uh, Atlanta this week is because they're confident that, you know, he's not a hundred percent. And I don't think they were ever expecting him to be a hundred percent going into this week. I don't think he was a hundred percent before the injury too. I think, didn't he have, yeah, like I, I think you're probably, I think you're probably right. But a, a sprained PCL, which is what he has, uh, typically from what the reports were when he first got diagnosed was one to three weeks. And I don't think they were ever really expecting him. This is week three. I don't think they were ever really expecting him like truthfully to be able to go this week. I think it was a, it was a lofty was on the radar. Yeah. They were, they were like, we'd really like him to be back yeah. in that third week. So, you know, whatever, but I think they're more confident in the fact that Atlanta's rolling out a rookie quarterback in a second year start. They're not really playing great football lately. They're still playing meaningful games because the NFC South is a clusterfuck and they oh, could somehow still back into winning that division. What a stinky <laughs> division, dude. Holy. It's so bad. It's so bad. You're going to have under 500 team win the division. No question. And it's going to be Tampa Bay. And everybody's going to be like, oh, Tom's in the dance. Don't let him get hot. And I'm going to hammer whoever they're playing in the first round. Yeah. But to get back to the matter at hand, I don't – I just don't think they necessarily need him out there this week. Like, I think they're confident in saying we should be able to beat the Atlanta Falcons with Snoop. And I don't know that I necessarily disagree – my biggest thing is like next week we got Pittsburgh and do you really want Lamar coming off sitting for three weeks playing against Pittsburgh's defense? I know it'll be at home and I know Pittsburgh's not particularly playing super well either, but I'd rather Lamar be out there against Atlanta, even if he's 75, 80% just to get some reps under his belt. And we can kind of start to maybe work out some kinks that we've been dealing with in the offense and then go into Pittsburgh and then Cincinnati the week after with Lamar, close closer to 100 i should say and having those those reps under his belt i just think though dante if i'm lamar dude i have no interest in getting back like if the team's asked me how i'm feeling nah i don't feel good i don't feel good doc like mm -mm, i'm faking See, a now i'm i'm acting hurt like i have no interest in getting find me whatever you want you want to bash me out PR. i don't care you have Stephen a smith now making good points about how poorly your franchise has been run like mm -hmm. rock bottom that where we're at right now like <laughs> this is awful and like it's yeah it's, it's a joke dude it's, it's it, no it, it it absolutely it absolutely is a joke and from from lamar's like personal perspective like in terms of making business decisions obviously i want to say that like if i'm in his in his shoes like regardless of whatever is going on behind the scenes that nobody else knows about. Like I'd, I'd want to be out there and play. Like I'd want to be with my guys and try to make a run regardless of whatever else is going on. I, like, but if you're thinking purely as like a, from a business perspective, right. These people do though now. No, no, no I know. I know. I know. But if, yeah. if Lamar is thinking from a business perspective, or if I'm thinking from a business perspective, mm -hmm. 
in Lamar's you know position. And these people didn't give me the contract that I've earned and that I deserve. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they've clearly not surrounded me with the pieces that we've needed. They haven't addressed issues that, in John Harbaugh's words, that you know the fans at the end of the bar have been talking about. What an awful quote. What a terrible quote. And I'm a huge Harbaugh guy. That mm-hmm. honestly made me lose so much faith and a little respect in Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all these things have gone on with the offense. And and yeah, you know, they've they've bolstered the offensive line after Lamar asked for that or allegedly asked for that. I don't know that, that that's been confirmed. But, oh, yeah. you know, they, they, they got him a really good offensive line. They have two incredible running backs. They've done a lot of good stuff, but they haven't taken the necessary steps to get us from being a good team to a Super Bowl contender, a legit Super Bowl contender. Yeah. And if if Lamar is sitting from his business perspective, why wouldn't he say, you know what? You don't want to pay me what I'm worth. You don't want to pay me the contract that I've earned. See if you can do it without me. Mm-hmm. And then and then come talk to me when you can't, because you and I both know that you can't. Which we knew this we knew this too though, Dante. Like everyone talked about Snoop and like Oh, you know, he played great down the stretch. He went one and five. Like, like he wasn't like he lost games that were there. Like it, it had nothing to do with the team he was ple- like, like he had opportunities and he's had opportunities. Bro, I I I said it down the stretch last year. Like I, last year, the fucking idiots came out of the woodwork saying, you know, yeah. why would you why would you give Lamar $250 million when you can get give Snoop, you know, 120 and build around him? Like, Ugh. bro, we are talking about a guy who lost to the Rams obviously went on to win the Super Bowl yeah the Packers who were a good team last year uh who else the Steelers he lost to and they were not a good team uh and he he barely beat the Chicago Bears like we're talking about a guy who yeah he played okay he played decently lost in one score games to to the Rams and the Packers but he's like it, it was so obvious that he was not an NFL quarterback he's just not like he's a good backup and I think in the right situation, he might be able to be, you know, a bottom tier starter in the league, but he's just not Lamar Jackson. And the fact that you have Lamar Jackson in your building and there are people fan in the fan base. And let's be honest, there are probably some people in the building who had that thought too. the fact that that is actually something that crossed people's minds is asinine. And now, I mean, Lamar is kind of on the other side of it, where, like I said, he's probably thinking if, if they didn't want to pay me. Let's show them what life is like without Lamar Jackson. And that's arguably the worst place to be for an organization that has Lamar Jackson in the building. Dante, he's not, he is not staying here. He's not. I, I fear that you're right. And I think the only sort of last ditch Hail Mary effort to get him to stay is a give him the fucking contract that he wants. If it's 250 over five, if it's 200 over four, if it's 300 over six, Whatever the fucking contract he wants, just give it to him. He's the best quarterback you've ever had. He's the you most know, talented quarterback you've ever had. He's the most accomplished quarterback you've ever had outside of Joe Flacco, who if if he doesn't have Ray Lewis and Ed Reed on that defense, does he have a Super Bowl? I don't know. That's a, con- that's a conversation to be had. Lamar Jackson gives you the best chance to win any given game day. I don't care who else is on the other side of the field whatever quarterback you want to say that you could tank for, or you could sign in free agency. I don't care. Lamar is, is the best option. You've seen the hole that signed guys out of free agency. Look at Denver, look at Indianapolis. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, you got to have a guy you've drafted and you got to have your franchise quarterback from the day he's been in the NFL. And if you don't, 
yeah, you get the rare ones like Matt Stafford via trade, all those, but like those don't happen all the time. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to win in the NFL. That's what everybody who ever, who's ever played in the NFL says anybody who's ever coached in the NFL, it's hard to win in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson is one of the most winningest quarterbacks throughout, you know, the time period that he's been in the NFL. I don't know what the number is anymore, but the fact that, you know, we are just taking him for granted, not we, not we, I don't want to say we, because you and I are not a large chunk of the fan base is not the, the front office and the ownership and the team just as a whole yes. feels like the, they the are Baltimore, taking him the Baltimore for Ravens. And I've said this to you guys that like it starts, and I know you don't agree with me fully on this, but like it starts from the very top of the culture being set that like our, our culture and the way we do things is bigger than a player. And mm-hmm. I, I respect that. Like, I, I think that that sure, is important sure. to have. But like, to, to counter that, that point, Scott, because you're absolutely right. Like, I, I think the Ravens pride themselves on being a very proud organization. And, you know, we are we are a team. We are a culture. Mm-hmm. You know, we we no one player, like you said, is bigger than the team. I completely understand that. And I, I like oh, you said, I, res- right. I respect tell, it. But let's. Sure. But. You know, we are also like the Ravens were established in 1996. The league in 1996 is a completely different league than it is in yeah. 2022. And the, the the biggest thing that nobody's talking about, Lamar Jackson's just don't fucking come around every day. Like you're not gonna see another fucking Lamar Jackson in the league. I don't like you and- mentioned. You mentioned Jalen Fields. You mentioned, uh, or excuse me, Jalen Hurts. You mentioned Justin Fields. And I mean, you can even talk about guys like you know Dak and Mahomes. Like, there will never be another Lamar Jackson. He's an alien. He's a freak. He's a one-on-one. And the fact that we have completely, like you said, wasted a generationally talented athlete at quarterback on a rookie deal it is downright irresponsibly managed, irresponsible management from DaCosta, from Bashadi, from Harbaugh, from everybody. Top down, dude. Top down. The other thing that does not happen every day is getting a Lamar Jackson but getting Lamar Jackson with the 32nd pick, like you got him at 32. These guys that are great, Josh, uh, Josh Allen, he was a top five pick, correct? He was, he went to Buffalo. Uh, number, number six or seven. I believe he was. The I think he was, yeah. Pick. Mahomes went what? 13, 14? Mahomes, Mahomes was, uh, Mahomes was 10. Okay. So these guys are high picks that are, so it's like, what do you want to suck? Like, like, what do you, I thought you, I thought your culture was all about like, so you're not finding in the time you got your other quarterback. And like you said, that the league's very different than what it was in 96. It's very different than when we won a Super Bowl in 2012. So like that yeah, whole exactly. thing you got on the, well, we've won two Super Bowls. Yeah, well, the league's changed and evolved massively. The league was very similar, different, very similar from 96 to 2012. It was like you could still win with defenses and run the football. Mm-hmm. It's not that anymore. It's not. No, it's not. It's, it's not actually the polar opposite. You have a quarterback that was part of that evolution of the changing of the game. So you have to have a guy like that. And they're, oh my God, I just, it's been <laughs> the most, it's been up there with like how the Orioles managed the, 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 the that they had yeah. with Manny yeah. and, and Jones. And like, it's been very similar, but maybe even worse because like, just because of how close they were with putting in so such little effort on offense. Well, and especially just the way, like, it's one thing to have, like, a top running back or a wide receiver. Having a franchise quarterback that embodies, like, dude, you listen to Lamar early in his career, he embodied that Ravens culture. Like, it was very, and I understandably so, he's getting older and he's kind of like, I want my bag, like, he doesn't seem as, like, he seems a little skeptical, he seems a little, like, annoyed. So, like, 
you've and, and, this- and how can you fault him? You know, no, like, yeah, I, he's you- he's 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 the second unanimous MVP in league history behind Tom fucking Brady. He's like yeah, I said, he's yeah, one I've of ever heard of him. Ever heard of him? Is that is that good? Um, <laughs> he's he's one of the most winningest quarterbacks in league history. Like uh, I I saw the graphic on Twitter. I think it's an older graphic from maybe a year or two ago, but through X amount of starts, yeah, it's like thirty five and ten. Dan Marino, it, it was uh, 34 wins in a certain amount of time. It was Dan Marino, Lamar Jackson, and Drew Bledsoe. Ever fucking heard of them? Pretty good quarterbacks. Like, <laughs> it just blows my mind how – the only word that I can come up with is irresponsible, the yeah. way that they've treated this entire thing. Well, and it's also kind of like shit, is that this has all happened with EDC at the helm. Like, like you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like it's been – I have and, just hard time believing that if Ozzy, I understand he's still in the building, I get it, but if Ozzy was in the seat, I was just about to say that. I, I think this is not happening the way it's happening, and I think he's locked up. I think he's they're they're in a very different position than they are right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and it's hard for me to like say that definitively because the Costa sat in training under under Ozzy for I want to say like eight years or something. Like it was a long time. It doesn't always translate, though. No, you're no, you're right. You're right. But I, I, I find myself thinking about that a lot. Like if if Ozzy was the GM, because Ozzy drafted Lamar, and it was his last, know, pick. it was his last first round pick. I, maybe. And I don't, I don't want to think this because DaCosta has literally, like, he was in the draft room when they drafted Lamar. He's been in the organization for a long time. Like, I don't want to think that DaCosta is saying, I don't want to give this guy a fully guaranteed deal and make him the highest paid quarterback in the league because I didn't draft him. But maybe that is the case. And maybe if it is, Ozzy, he's saying, I drafted him. I got up back into the first round to get this guy, so I'm going to mm. lock him up because he's my guy. And, you know, mm. like like you've, like you've been saying, if, if, if that is what – What's going on if the Costa is saying I didn't decide to draft him, so I don't want to tie myself to him, then we do have issues from the top down, and it needs to be completely blown up. I, I feel like it has it, it sucks because it like it feels like it kind of has to. And I hold on. We're, we're I said to someone the other day, I've complete like it was someone at, at work, and I was like, it feels like the, the, the Ravens are on they have finished the 18th hole and they want to go play another 18, and it's like the sun is set. Like it's, it's, it's over. <laughs> like you can't, can't go get another yeah. bucket of range balls. You can't go play another nine or 18. It is over. Like, and you miss, you shot 12, ga- you shot 12 shots over par. You stunk and you had all the tools to, to oh. I dude, I feel you, man. Your frustration is completely valid. And like, I've tried to be more level-headed and grounded throughout this whole thing. But after what I saw last Saturday against Cleveland, man, and, and the fact that, Harbaugh and Roman and everybody who had press conferences this week yeah. came out and responded the way that they did. That's what's gotten me completely off this fucking. Team. I was like, pissed and like like I like I said I'm partially serious, partially not serious. I wasn't gonna watch a game if, if if like Roman wasn't fired. Yeah, I understood that that probably wasn't happening. Same. It was Harbaugh sitting there and saying, "You know, we're trying with every ounce and fiber of our beings to make this." Then y'all suck. Like, yeah, like if, if if the problem is execution, then you have bigger problems. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the saying that whole like we need better execution, brother. Yeah, on your part, you stink. Like, it's just also like if so that really pissed me off when Roman came out on I guess that was Tuesday and he said like you know the game plan is the game plan. Like we were good. We just need to execute better. First of all, 
if he's if he like truly believes that, and I know there's coach speak in the media and whatnot, but if he truly believes that, which he might, Probably then does. then he he doesn't belong not only in his job that he currently has, he doesn't belong in the NFL. I'm sorry. Like once Why the Ravens Stanford job. Once the Ravens cut ties with him, I'd be shocked if he goes anywhere to to be a legit football coach. Yeah. But what really pissed me off was Harbaugh with the the whole fans at the end of the bar thing. That drove me to my breaking point with with him and with this team really because like you said not only like you and I and I feel like you and I are pretty tapped in just because you know we're 20 something year old kids and you know we follow the Ravens pretty closely and man, you know, we're tapped man. in you're a man I'm a kid we follow pretty closely but it wasn't just us like it was everybody around you know Ravens fandom talking about okay Bateman's good he showed some promise last year don't know if he's ready to be a one yet Prochet has been good in the preseason, has not done an ounce of shit in the regular season in his three years here. Tylen Wallace has, I don't think he's ever played. Like, I'm not, you know. And Devin Duvernay, solid piece. We don't use him correctly. Can he be a number two? I don't know. We were saying that months ago. Everybody was. And then the whole two edge rushers thing, the first couple weeks, that was idiotic. But it it was the fact that Harbaugh's tone saying that the whole end of the bar thing it was mockery it was mockery like it he was, was he was basically saying you know we know more than you and obviously he's he's an nfl head coach for a reason but he was saying yeah. you guys don't know what you're talking about you're idiots you're on the couch you're at the end of the bar don't worry about our job we know what we're doing you're an idiot it was like it was it was almost condescending you know like yeah and i i, I was like bro obviously like i'm not an nfl head football coach and i probably never will be like I, I love you, dude, and I think you're a remarkable human being. And I think there are a lot of things I think you're superb at. You're not going to be an NFL head coach. <laughs> what What are you saying? You're you saying, and I can't Jeff Saturday my way into a head coaching job? That's true. Actually, that's true. I mean, if he can, <laughs> then anyone can. You're right. <laughs> but no, Harbaugh is a brilliant head coach. Mm-hmm. I think he's a Hall of Fame head coach, no doubt. And frankly, like when push comes to shove, I don't know that there's anybody else that I'd want steering the ship. But all that being said, that don't mean you can't say stupid shit. Exactly. And that doesn't mean that he's the only one that has eyes on what's going on and can come up with a verdict. You know, yeah. we we see it. We've seen it. We've been saying it for years. Greg Roman is a problem. I've been saying it personally since the Tennessee uh, playoff loss. Uh, the lack of receivers has been a problem basically for our entire lives. And <laughs> the fucking the the scheme is not built to win in the NFL in 2022. You look at the past couple of years, who's won the Super Bowl? Rams. They go out and spend a shit ton of money on offense. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, who just signed a massive deal. Odell Beckham, right? Uh, the year before that, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk. The year before that, Kansas City Chiefs, Sammy Watkins when he was good. Tyreek Hill, McCall Hardman, fucking it just i how it can be in their face and it just completely is ignored is something i will never understand this off season is going to be very interesting Dante. very interesting and very honestly i think that's i think it's that's kind of why i want the season to be over just cuz i want to see what happens it's very telling for the next 10 years i think of this franchise yeah yeah we are at a very pivotal point in this franchise history because if you let lamar jackson walk out that door like i've like i've been saying for months now at this point it will set you back at least 5 years if not more. 
So then you're looking at 15 years since your last Super Bowl win. Realistically, it probably is going to take you a couple years to get back to that once you get a roster going. Probably looking at 20 years since your last Super Bowl victory. And that is no longer, oh, we've won two Super Bowl. No. Because Lord knows we don't draft very well. No. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So I, I do want to, you know, talk a little bit of positivity when it comes to the, the football game last week. Um, defense played really well, man. And I hate the fact that we have to talk about this game so negatively because of how well the defense played defense held them to 13 points. We said, you have to keep Nick Chubb under hundred to have a realistic chance at winning. I think yep. he finished with 99. Um, but like he didn't wreck the game by any means. Like he didn't score a touchdown. He carried the ball 20 sometimes. Like yep. we, I thought we did a largely a good job against Nick Chubb held Deshaun to like, I think 130 yards passing or something like defense did enough to win the game. And when you score three points, like you're, you're just never going to score three points and win a football game. I'm sorry. You're not. No, no, it, it, the defense looks great. I still don't fully buy them until they get high leverage stops when needed. And, and mm -hmm. I understand they've won us probably the last four games. I get, I totally get it. It's just, I'm not going to buy them until they make stops when the game matters. I mean, the part that I always go back to is your four of your five losses are because of your defense. And that's where all your money's tapped into. And I think that's a massive reflection on Eric Acosta. I think that's a massive reflection on this, like of just how this a lot of, lot of, lot of expensive draft capital too. That's what I mean. And so like, you're investing a lot onto that side of the ball. You cannot have your four losses. You can, one happens two can't have four um this game last week had nothing to do with the defense um i think i think hamilton's looking great queen's looking great roquan, roquan smith is unfucking believable looks unreal um adrabo didn't get much out there wasn't expecting him to um one snap yeah i mean i eh, i wasn't really I wasn't. see i was I was expecting him to get more than one fucking snap, yeah, especially yeah. especially because they they laid it out and they were like, oh, Jabo's making his debut and like they made it a big deal. Yeah, brother. He played one snap. Come on. Yeah, like, I, I'm, like, I'm guessing he'll be out there a good bit more tomorrow. I hope I so, especially because JPP showed up on the injury report yesterday. Oh, good. Well, I, I think he's fine. Like, I don't think he has a designation, but he missed fingers or something. Yeah, that's that's probably what it was. The firecrackers got him. <laughs> Which, by the way, last week I shouted him out, but I'll shout him out again. Hunter Hall, he was listening to like an older episode of ours when I think it was probably when we signed JPP. And he he said that that was maybe the funniest thing that we said when we were talking about him. And he, you said something along the lines of, how do you let it blow up in your hand? Just drop it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I would hope Ojabo gets some more run because I think, you know, he's talented. We drafted him in the second round. He was first round prospect. And first Pickens would have been nice. George Pickens would have been really nice. Um, yeah, but no, you're right. Like uh, Roquan is playing unbelievable. I, I like I said to you in, uh, earlier in our group chat, I want him in Baltimore for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I want Roquan locked up lifetime deal right now. Uh huh. I think they'll get it. I actually do think they're going to get that done. I'm actually, I do fairly, too. I do fairly too. confident at the expense of Lamar Jackson. But anyway, that's, you know, conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> um, the biggest thing that stood out to me outside of just the general ineptitude when it comes to calling plays, um, the passiveness in the red zone, which nothing new. It's been going on for the last four weeks at this point. 
Um, the reason it stood out to me, though, uh, Rich Eisen and Kurt Warner were literally talking about it on the broadcast. Yeah. And I don't know if you were listening intently or whatnot. Um, Kurt Warner said something that that literally jumped out at me and smacked me in the face. He said, Greg Roman calls plays more passively in the red zone. Like like that. That's his deliberation. Like He chooses to call plays more passively in the red zone. Nice. Which. How the fuck does that make any sense? Hey, when you get uh when you get a power play, um, you're actually supposed to not try and score and actually just hope to run the clock out and not take advantage of where you're at um in the game. What Dude, a when fucking I, idiot. When I heard that, I was like, You're a fucking bozo. God, dude. I I but but you know, fourth and one on the twelve yard line, and you have a chance to to start the game off with a touchdown. Hard. You run your 300-pound fullback who gets stood up by a 225 pound DB. By me. By me. Well. Come on. That guy probably had like 70 on you. Same thing. Same thing. Not much. <laughs> not much. <laughs> but anyway, that was fucking ab- abysmal. Abysmal. So um, and couple yeah. more, couple more good, good things. JK looks great. And what's crazy is like it's – it's pretty obvious he's not at 100%. <laughs> uh, like, he, I think he himself he is, said he's at, like, 90 to 95, which is a downright he is lie. busting through them holes. <laughs> Bust. Pause. Uh, 13 carries, 125 yards. Um, one none carry in the fourth, in the fourth quarter. You're right. He had none in the fourth quarter. Gus had the one in the fourth quarter. So um, Gus, what did he finish with? 55 yards on seven carries, which... Giving Gus seven carries against the 22nd ranked run defense, maybe not the best way to win a game. Um, also, Tyler Huntley, 30 pass attempts, maybe not the best way to win a game. Um, I, we mentioned the defense. They played really well. That was I, really I just, it, dude. That was really the only positive. Right. Like, there's, there's really not much else that we could say about this game that we haven't already. Defense played great. Offense did not outside of the running backs and – I thought the offensive line um, and it's just, it, it's sad. Like we talked about for, you know, the, the large majority of the beginning of this, of this show, it's just sad that we've gotten here. Frankly, it really is. Yeah. It I'm like tired of saying every week, the same shit that like should not, that should not be like having to be said. It's just, it's it, it, it's mind numbing to me about how this season has gone. And every week we come back here and we look at each other and we're like, well, same shit happened again and nothing's being done about it. It's just beyond frustrating, beyond frustrating. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. And uh, I'll be interested to see if there are any tweaks to the way that the offense is called this <laughs> week or <laughs> I know wishful thinking, but I don't know. Maybe they'll be forced to now that Duvernay's on IR and your and your wide receiver one is Demarcus Robinson. Like maybe they'll maybe they'll be forced to. Probably won't. I don't know. No, no but, chance. I don't know. I can dream. I guess. Yeah. Um. Uh. I want to talk a little bit about the rest of the NFL slate last week, just briefly, because it was like a great week of football. Um. So the game, the game before our game Saturday afternoon, uh, Vikings hosted the Colts. Um, largest comeback in NFL history. That was crazy. That was madness. And the fact that it was Matt Ryan on the other end again. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. 
I I feel bad, but at the same time, I don't because it's hilarious. No, I mean, I feel bad for me because I picked him to be NFL MVP, but it's well, just hysterical. Hey, I'm in that same sinking ship with you because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. So, right. Um, on the other side, though, one thing I wanted to ask you in regards to this game, I was off the Vikings completely, even before last week and when they lost to Detroit. Hmm. Does this game like give you any hope for them going into January? No, why not? No, no. I mean, it's the, it's the Colts. They suck, and they get down thirty three. You're not getting. You're not having that comeback against the Eagles. You're not doing that against the Giants. The Niners. The Niners. You're not doing that. Um, I, I I just think I just don't buy them at all. I well, I did buy them early in the season. I do not anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think I uh, I think I largely agree with you there. Um, what else happened last week? Texans and Chiefs overtime. What was that about? I, they, they, I wanted to punch Pat Mahomes in the face. I was so mad at him all Sunday. I was, I, it was a despicable act of just, he's the worst, but I love him, but he's the worst. <laughs> um, I honestly think that we are at the point in the chief season where they're just playing with their food. They're like, you know, we know we're better than you and we could do basically whatever we want. And we're still, yeah, we don't the game. care. Yeah. Get us to January. Yeah. And yep. plus, like, I, I think the Texans are just openly tanking at this point. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, the other game I wanted to talk about with you, Jaguars-Cowboys. Overtime, Jags win, Cowboys find a way to fuck it up. Remarkable. It's remarkable. What a crazy week. Bro, I I said it a couple weeks ago on this program. When we played them, the Jags were not a 3-7 and seven team. No. A couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And I think now we're finally starting to see that that yeah. defense is like legit good. Uh, secondary has some issues, but the defense is legitimately good. Yeah. And the offense is looking w- like what they expected when they drafted Trevor. Like, it's just, everything seems to be clicking for them. And I love it. Honestly, like I love yeah. this team. Travis Etienne is so much fun to watch when he's on Trevor. Like if he can sling it, like he's been doing for the last couple of weeks, like he's going to be a problem. And like, they're just a fun team. Yes, I think I think Trevor is finally turning into who he is going to be going forward. I think he's he's remarkable. Um, I think the Jags are next season. Watch at next season, whatever their win total is, I'm taking it over. I'm taking them to win that division. They're probably going to be the favorite, but I'm going to take them anyway. Like I I really like this Jags team, man. Yes, I do too. I do too. Uh, all right, that was about it uh, for week fifteen. Um, we, we don't really have to talk about the way that the Patriots and Raiders game ended, but that was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Um, moving into week 16, we'll just focus on our game. Ravens are hosting the Falcons. They are a six and a half point favorite. And I believe the over under is at 37 and a half. Uh, it yes. might've changed. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, Ravens are not getting Lamar Jackson back this week. So the spark that we were hoping he was going to provide ain't happening. Ain't happening. Um, Offense has been averaging 13 and a half points per game over the last four weeks. Very rarely is that like we talked about earlier, is that going to be enough to win you a game this week? It might be, but probably not anyway. So, um, and like I just mentioned to you, Scott, I think this is a big game for Greg Roman because now not only is he under the microscope from Baltimore fans perspective, like there's national discourse. Like you mentioned, Stephen A. Smith, Dan Orlovsky, who's been on him for a long time at this point, like dating back to last season. Back to last season, Marcus Spears, who has been right next to Orlovsky there, too. Like, those guys have actually been on his ass. Um, Like, Twitter's all over him. So, like I said, I'll be interested to see if Greg Roman actually pulls his head far enough out of his ass to call a decent game. But that might be a little bit too tall of an ass. I think they're losing, dude. 
And uh, the last thing I had as far as headlines go, Desmond Ritter is making his second career start. Which, I don't know if you caught any of that Falcons game last week. He, he, did, not, he did not look good. They killed me. What do you mean they killed you? I had them in a um, little money line situation, a little parlay. Oh, no. They killed me. Damn. Yeah, it killed That's me. Brutal. They killed so, me. Oh, so Ritter's so Ritter's dead to you, basically, is what you're saying. He's the same. Who's that? Who's that fraud that won the the open that stole my meme? What's his oh, name? Matthew Fitzpatrick, your boy. Yeah, on the same shit list. <laughs> That's uh, me with Tutu Atwell after Monday night. Um. All right. So let's <laughs> let's take a look at the matchups. Falcons offense versus the Ravens defense. So, what I think this is this makes this game interesting is there's a lot of similarities at least between the offenses. So Atlanta's uh, rushing offense, they're tied for third in the league with yards per carry. They're averaging five yards per rush, third in the league in yards per game, averaging 164. And they are, hold on, 31st in passing yards per game. Scott, they're averaging 151 passing yards per game. Oh, Jesus. So 151 passing yards per game 31st in the league i think they're only ahead of chicago that's awful that's bad that's really fucking bad uh and obviously we know the deal about our defense we are third in the league in yards per rush allowed 3.8 third in the league in rushing yards per game allowed 85.6 and 25th in the league in passing yards per game allowed 241 and a half so if we and I don't I don't know what Ritter did last week. Uh, I don't think he threw for more than like a buck fifty, if that yeah, he, was th- and, he was stinky. And I think our I think our defense is like better than the Saints in all aspects. I'm not hundred percent sure, but he he just did not look good last week. He looked um, awful. Looked real fucking bad. Uh on the other sides of the ball, Falcons defense versus the Ravens offense. The Falcons are eleventh in yards per rush allowed, averaging four point three given up. 21st in rushing yards per game allowed 129.9 and 28th in passing yards per game allowed 248.4 Ravens offense. Like I said, we know the deal second in yards per rush 5.3 on average and second in rushing yards per game, 164.7 27th in passing yards per game and 80 and a half. Yeah. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish sucks. I could say I'm con- we've gotten to a point where we're the shit bull every week. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because like, obviously I take what they say with a grain of salt, but I was listening to part of my take the other day when they were recapping the weekend games and they said that, and I quote, the Ravens Browns game was so bad. It was a nice refresher in between the Colts Vikings and the Bills Dolphins game. Nice little change of pace. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like the, uh, it was like the uh, digestif that you drink after dinner before yeah. dessert. That's sure. what our game was. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could say I'm like confident going into this game, but I'm just, no, they're, 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 we're, we're losing. We're losing. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. If we lost this game, we're losing. And if we lose this game and Greg Roman's not fired on Monday, I'm He's done. not, I'm he's I'm not, out. he's not, I'm, but, and I'm going to go off the beaten path for a second here. I said this to, I can't remember if I said it in our group chat or if I was just talking to somebody else, but I, I understand like they, they don't want to, you know, throw a wrench into things this late in the season. I get that. And I understand his contracts up at the end of the season and, you know, you want to try and part amicably or whatever. Sure. Fine. I guess. Um, 
but you got two guys potentially who could be your next OC in the building yes. in James Urban and T Martin. Those are the two guys that I think are right there in terms of yeah. what they could do with the offense. And by keeping Greg Roman around, you're not giving those guys a chance to see if you got something right. in there. So in the off season, you have to make a decision. Are these the guys we want to try out or do we want to go outside the building? You know, if you get rid of Greg Roman, it gives you an opportunity to answer that question before having to actually make the decision. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I, I am still going to like hold my head on the fact that he might get fired, even though he probably won't. But nevertheless, if we lose this game and our defense has another performance like they did last week and Greg Roman isn't fired on Monday, I'm not watching for the rest of the season. I'm done. And I mean that. Mm. Clip it. Tell the intern to clip it. All right. Enter. Clip it. Thank you. Hey, intern. Clip it. <laughs> Thanks for telling the intern. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> all right. I got a couple keys to victory here. Um, I'm going to just dive right into them. First one's first. Stop the run. Like I just mentioned, Atlanta's offense is fairly one-dimensional. And our defense is pretty fucking good at stopping the run. Knock on wood. So if we can stop the run, we'll be straight. Tyler Algier had 139s rushing last week. Cordero Patterson is obviously really fucking good. Um, yeah. But if we're going to win this game, we have to stop the run. And I think we can. It's just a matter of actually doing it and our offense not putting too much pressure on our defense, which, again, entirely other thing. <laughs> <laughs> Second key to victory, force Desmond Ritter into mistakes. So I kind of brought this up a couple weeks ago when we played the Steelers with Kenny. Um, obviously, Kenny didn't end up playing that whole game. But if we can force Desmond Ritter into making mistakes, which he showed last week, he will do. He will just th throw the football right into a defensive meeting room with no care in the world. Yep. If we can get pressure to him and force at least one or two turnovers, I think we'll be in a really good spot with this game. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Third one, and this is where I start to, you know, climb the, the steep hill here. Put the ball in the end zone early. Oh, we haven't oh. we haven't we haven't scored a touchdown before the fourth quarter. I think since uh, the fucking uh, Buccaneers game. No, I think it's we been... scored we we scored one with J.K. this week. No, we no we didn't. Yeah, we did. Second quarter. Not this past week. We only put up three points this week. Oh shit! Are you thinking of the Steelers game? I am thinking of the Steelers game. Wasn't that in the fourth hey. quarter though? No, that was in the, like, the first or second. Oh, okay. Well, never mind that. Um, I literally told you I forgot about last week. <laughs> Which, good on you. Um, but no, put the fucking ball in the end zone early. I'm tired of this fucking field goals and stalling shit. Like, offense has done next to nothing for five weeks. Like, get, yeah. get something going. And I hate to say it, but we are currently at a point oh, – we are currently at a point as Ravens fans and as a team just in general where we are going to ask 36-year-old Deshaun Jackson to make big plays. Stop. Our offense just needs to do something. We need isn't to it, Isn't it just awful that when we signed Deshaun Jackson we were hoping it would never come to a scenario where he would be like a key part to this offense and he is. And like and I mean, we want to talk about the injury problems that we have. It's only a matter of time before his hamstring oh. jumps out of his leg. Dude yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my last key to victory, and again, we're steep, steep incline. You need Greg Roman to not be Greg Roman. Well, buddy, I hate to tell you that ain't going to happen. <laughs> we need to get a healthy mix of run and pass. Like I mentioned earlier, 
I mean, fucking Gus only had seven carries last week. JK only had 13. I don't know if Kenyon or Justice Hill had any. Justice Hill had more snaps than Gus. I know that, which let's not do that again. Um, and also let's not throw the ball with Tyler Huntley 30 fucking times. Um, I have written down here because I, I put this together a couple days ago. Get the receivers involved. And under it, I wrote Duvernay. He's not playing. He's gone. Um, so how about we get Mark Andrews involved? Like, he hasn't done anything lately. No. Nope. Let's get let's get him the ball maybe a couple times. You know? Seems like, like a good idea. I don't like he's your he's your best receiver. He's maybe your best offensive player outside of Lamar Jackson. Like maybe get him the ball. Just a thought. Hmm. And and like I I don't know. Maybe draw some shit up to get him a one-on-one with a linebacker or you know, put him on an island with somebody who's smaller than him. I don't know, just running through some possible ideas here. Um, but nevertheless, long story short, need Greg Roman to not be Greg Roman. Hmm. And that's where we are with the 2022 Ravens. <laughs> what do you think of those? Give me, give me your, give me your honest thoughts. I wish I could say I'm confident they're going to do these things other than the turnovers. I don't see them doing any of those. Yeah. I think I they're going to get a turnover or two. Cause I think, I think our defense just does that. And I think with a rookie quarterback, tough weather environment, I think that's just bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Greg Roman sucks, dude. And like, awful. Schematically, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're with me on this train now. Like it's nuts, dude. I, I, I don't, I, it's insane. I, I here keep my key to victory score more points than the other team, please. Just, just, can we, can we just get a win and can we get on to the Pittsburgh to week 16? Would it be? Yeah. Week 16, 17 and week 17 and just move on. Look on your face. Like I just, I'm, can we just get to the end of this? I just am so done with this team. I'm so done. And I hate saying that, but I, it's two straight years. I just wanted the season to be over with. I, yeah, I mean, you and me both, man. But, hey, your key to victory, score more points than the other team, that's like uh, Trent Dilfer. He's saying you can't continue to lose in the NFL and still win. Right. Big, I mean, big hard-hitting, hard-hitting facts here. So true. So true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, those are my keys to victory. Uh, Scott, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm a little bit more optimistic, I think, but I'm more so aligned with you in the fact that I'm just not confident, man. I don't feel great going into this game. It's a game that I should feel confident in, regardless of who's playing quarterback. I just don't. Nope. I wouldn't feel confident, to be honest with you, if it was Lamar, for just the way this offense has been moving with our wide receivers out. Like, That's fair. Like like I said earlier, though, like Lamar just gives you a flat-out better chance to win than yeah, anybody. So, like, that yeah. that would be my only source of optimism. But, yeah, like, I don't I don't trust Greg Roman to make this, uh, the smart decisions. I don't trust him to make adjustments to his play, uh, play calling that he didn't make last week. So yeah, who knows? We'll see. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know. Me too, bro. That was such a sincere sort of little thing. That you it sucks. I, I hate appreciate it. that. Yeah. I appreciate that at least. Uh, all right. Moving away from the Ravens. We got picks to give out these picks. I actually feel more confident than the Ravens this week. Um, so hand up. I didn't do a ton of research on this. And when I say that, I mean, I didn't do any. Uh, I've been a busy week. I haven't had time to actually sit down and dive into the numbers, but I got picks and I'm pretty confident in them. Uh, do you have yours up? Do you want to go first? I can let you go first. All right, go ahead. I have Giants at uh, three and a half point dogs against the Vikings. I think the Vikings suck. And I think the Giants are, I think they're actually pretty good. 
Um, I have okay. the Finns as uh, three and a point, three and a half point favorites against the Packers. Like what? That's a dookie. That's that's an ass whipping. I wanted to jump on that one. Um, I, I'm I'm a baby bitch boy, and after what I saw Aaron Rodgers do Monday night, I don't. But I think that's the right side to be on because it opened at like five and a half, and then after the the Monday night game, it dropped back down. So definitely an overcorrection. Then I got Chargers at three and a half against the Colts. <laughs> Stinky. Okay. And okay. then I got I like the that. I got I got the under in the Ravens game. I like all those picks. Yeah. Thank you. Good shit. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, all right, here are mine. And like I said, I didn't do a ton of research, so I don't have a lot of uh, you know shit to back it up. But first pick, Cleveland and New Orleans. I'm going under 32 and a half. I wanted to take the over Wait, in this game just because. Did you say under 32 and a half? Yes. I wanted to take the over just out of like pure respect for football because that's a dis- that's a despicable total. I wanted yeah. to take the over. I really did. But with this whole like winter storm coming in, the Saints are still rolling out Andy Dalton. Like I got to do it. I got to do it. Honestly, you know what I might take and this isn't one of my official picks. I'm just kind of floating this out there. I might I might put it out on Sunday, who knows. I might fuck with a little uh Taysom Hill anytime touchdown. Ooh, ooh! I like that. I something, like that. something, to, something to put on the back burner. Second right. pick, I'm going with. Was that a toot? Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Second pick, I'm laying the three with the Bengals. Yeah, I, I saw it. I looked at it. Outs, outside of, you know, probably should have gone into overtime or even beaten the Raiders last week, and the way that it ended. The Raiders are not a good football team and the the Patriots, like even with their defense, like they should have won that game out. No questions asked. So, and I think the Bengals are getting hot. They know like they could smell blood in the water. They're currently leading in the division. They know that they got two, well, one tough matchup over the next two weeks in Buffalo next week. So I'm going to lay the three with Cincy. I think this is a game that they probably win by seven, if not more. Yeah. Um, second or excuse me, third pick. Seattle and Kansas City, I'm going under 49 and a half. I think this is going to be another game that might be affected by the weather coming in. I know it's high, which is kind of odd for a weather potentially affected game. Um, I just don't think Seattle's playing really good football at the moment. No Tyler Lockett, too, which I think is going to be significant. Um, So I'm going to roll with the under there. Also, this is another just kind of floater that I might have on Sunday. I might fuck with Seattle's team total under 19 and a half. I just don't think they're Mm -hmm. playing particularly good football. Yeah, they've been playing bad football. Yeah. And another one, this is normally one that I wouldn't, you know, kind of put into my uh, my Thursday or Friday picks, uh, but I'm going to do it. Derrick Henry to to, Derrick Henry to score two plus touchdowns Mm. Mm. It's at plus three plus three thirty. It's low for a two touchdown scorer, but he's playing the Texans and he every time he plays the Texans, he always runs for 200. He always scores. Yeah, so I'm gonna like I'm gonna that. roll with two touchdowns for Derrick Henry this week. I also might take his over on rushing. I don't care what it is; it's not low enough. Yeah, I like that. Or not nice high job. enough. Excuse me. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. That I'm gonna have more on Sunday. I'll uh, I'll I have the intern put them out, but that's what I got for right now. Nice. I think those are good. Thanks. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's about it, Scott. Before we jump into shoutouts, do you have anything else you want to say? No, I will as well have more picks um, come Sunday. I may even I may even throw in a couple NHL lines. 
Ooh. in there for Sunday. A little Sunday Ooh. night action. I've been rolling in NHL money lines. Been rolling. I might be throwing a couple of them out. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm also going to have more picks on Saturday or Sunday. Excuse me. No, Saturday. Mo- most of the games are on Saturday this week, so I'll have the intern put them out Saturday morning. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I like that. I actually, as, as college basketball comes around, I'm going to have college basketball picks that I'm going to yeah. be rolling out. So, yeah, we're going to start dipping our toes into more sports football kind of winds down here, which is a really sad thought, and I'm going to pretend like I didn't say that. Um, all right. Sh- Scott, shout-outs. Go ahead. Golly, shout-outs. What a week. Um. I'm going to say I'm going to be cheesy as hell here. I'm going to say my lovely wife, um, just been a remarkable human being, a great supporter, just a, just a remarkable person. And to do life with her, it's, 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 it's a, it's a blessing. So I, I love her a lot. Wow. That's really wholesome. Yeah. She's not I'm sitting kidding. right here. I do. Promise. <laughs> she's, she's not sitting right here. It's going to make me cry. Big boy tears. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to, I'm going to be much less wholesome in mine. Um, my, uh, my shout out for the week is Chris Bumstead. Uh, some people may know who he is. A lot of people probably don't. Um, so as you know, as a lot of our listeners know, I am very big into like fitness, wellness, weight training. Um, and Chris Bumstead is a big sort of like figure both on social media and just like in the weightlifting bodybuilding community. Um, he, uh, just this past weekend, he won his fourth, uh, Mr. Olympia shit title nice um and there are rumors that he might retire and like hanging up mm. uh from from competitive bodybuilding which yeah. i had no idea until like recently when i like really really started getting into weight training like how demanding being a bodybuilder is like yeah. it is absolutely 100 a sport and like the discipline that it requires and just the amount of effort that it takes is is gruesome um but he's like he's a really good guy like if you ever you know, come across his social media or like his YouTube and like, listen to how he talks and how he handles himself. He's a really, really good guy. He's down to earth. Uh, he's very big into like preaching, you know, positivity and mental wellness as well as physical wellness. And he's a really good guy. So I'm, I'm happy for him that he won his fourth, uh, Mr. Olympia. And, uh, he's for anybody who's like new to weight training or, or that kind of lifestyle or not, and just didn't really know about him. He he's a good guy to follow. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. All right, that about wraps it up. Episode, what fucking episode is this? Episode 33 in the books. Everyone, if you're traveling, be safe. Uh, The weather's supposed Mm. to be really, really shitty this weekend. Or today. Icy, windy, cold. Be safe. Uh, Enjoy the time with your loved ones and have a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's Chrysler. <laughs> uh, we will be putting it out an episode next week before the new year. It may come on Thursday, maybe our usual Friday. Uh, I'll have the intern update to social media, but just be on the lookout. And otherwise, stay hydrated, babes. On red one. There it is. Keep going. Peace.
I'm into you. I can't hide from the truth. Drop my eye, pull me closer. Never let me.